And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Happy Tuesday, Lena. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. I presume you woke up extra early this morning. I certainly did. I managed to catch the second half, uh, but uh, it was pretty much over by that time. So, <laughs> yeah, not much to watch, I'm afraid. But you did watch that single goal by Team Korea. So I guess I you did, tuned yeah. in at the right time. <laughs> it was certainly a consolation. So it was good to see that at least. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's start out with a game that just wrapped up. This means Team Korea is out, but a valiant effort nonetheless. This is our first keyword of the day. Brazil too tough. <laughs> Their shortlist is a win the whole thing, aren't they? Uh, Korea's football team have crashed out of the World Cup after a big loss to Brazil in the round of 16. Uh, first, can you run us through the match? Right, so well, Korea, unfortunately, were hammered full one by what many uh, pr- probably already knew was a much superior side. Uh, all four of Brazil's goals were from four different players, namely Vinicius J- uh, Jr., Neymar, Richarlison, and Lucas Paqueta. They all came in the first half. The second half was a bit subdued, and uh, the substitute, Peck Singor, had the lone Korean goal in the uh, 76th minute. It was quite an impressive goal in itself. It was a screamer from outside the box. Mm. Uh, This was Korea's third trip to the knockout stage after reaching the semifinals in 2002 and the round of 16 back in 2010. Korea have never defeated a South American team at a World Cup with two draws and five losses. Um, Brazil have five World Cup titles and they're competing for their sixth uh, this year. They have only lost once in the round of 16. That was back in 1990 to Argentina. So it just kind of uh, highlights the scale of the challenge that Korea (laughs) faced uh, in the match uh, just earlier. Um, They have been to at least the quarterfinals in every tournament since as well. Mm. Uh, Korean star defender Kim Min-jae returned to the starting lineup, but Neymar, who was back in action after injury, was too tough a task for Kim, along with the other attacking prowess of Brazil. Um, And Brazil basically uh, toyed with the helpless uh, Korean defenders throughout the match, Mm. uh, putting on a display of high-end skills and deft uh, finishing around the goal. Um, just simply uh, another level in terms of skill and ability. Uh, Korea, Australia and Japan were three teams in the Asia Football Confederation to make it to the round of 16 in this year's World Cup, but they have all been sent packing. Um, Japan was probably the closest going into a penalty shootout, uh, but they, of course, uh, crashed out of the World Cup as well. So the remaining teams are basically those in Europe and South America at the moment. Um, So, yeah, unfortunately, uh, South Korea's uh, uh, trip to the World Cup was short-lived, although it did Mm. uh, have a miraculous uh, achievement in going to the round of 16 itself. So they did fight hard, but... Of course, uh, it was unfortunate that they were matched against uh, a side like Brazil for the knockout stage, but there you have it. That is football. That is football after all. Spare thought for South Korea. It seems that there is an outpour of support for a valiant effort by Team Korea. We'll get to that in our social media minute portion today. With that, we move on to our second keyword of the day. More provocations. So North Korea has fired about 130 artillery rounds into the water near its western and eastern sea bordering South Korea. So what's the latest? 
Right, North Korea's military said the firings were a warning against ongoing South Korean artillery exercises happening near the inland border town of Choron and blamed the South for worsening tensions on the peninsula. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff said the shells fell within the northern side of the buffer zones created under uh, this 2018 inter-Korean agreement to reduce military tensions. There were no immediate reports of shells falling inside of South Korean territorial waters, though. Uh, South Korea's military said it communicated a verbal warning to North Korea over the firings and urged it to abide by the agreement, but they, of course, fell on deaf ears. Uh, the South Korean and U.S. militaries were closely monitoring North Korea's military activities while strengthening their readiness to respond to what they called any potential contingency. Mm. The North Korean firings also came days after Seoul, Washington and Tokyo announced largely symbolic sanctions on some North Korean people and institutions accused of illicit activities to finance the country's weapons programs. Um, this was the first time North Korea has actually fired weapons into the maritime buffer zones since November 3rd. Experts say North Korea hopes to negotiate economic and security concessions from a position of strength and force the United States to accept it as nuclear power. But both uh, the United States and South Korea said it won't do that. Mm. Um, South Korean officials have said North Korea might up the ante soon by conducting a nuclear test. We've reported many times on the segment of the speculation that another nuclear test could happen. It hasn't done so. Um, but usually, with uh, if you look at the previous nuclear test by North Korea, uh, they do come after increased provocations with missile launches and artillery shell mm. firings as well. So I guess it's just a matter of time, uh, according to experts at least, um, when North Korea will conduct that mm. uh, seventh nuclear test. All right. Keeping our eyes peeled for that update. Uh, we're going to move on to our third keyword of the day, our effort to strengthen the export portfolio. This is our third keyword. Top exporter. So President Yoon has vowed to channel government efforts to propel South Korea into the world's top five exporting countries by 2026. Uh, what else did he have to say? Right. Well, he was speaking at an event marking the 59th trade day in Seoul. We did uh, give you a heads up on the trade day yesterday, giving some gloomy uh, trade figures, though, unfortunately. Um, he said exports have been and still are the basis for the country's economy and employment. Mm -hmm. He added that the government do will do whatever it can to make the country the world's fifth largest exporter by the year 2026, up from sixth place last year uh, the value of the country's exports is expected to come to over 680 billion dollars for this year which would be a new record uh, the country however is experiencing extended trade deficit over of course high global energy prices and just overall sluggish global demand Yoon vowed to help companies win contracts while expanding financial and administrative supports for exporters he said he would personally involve himself in export strategy meetings and other platforms to resolve um, difficulties faced by exporting companies. He also said the government will also seek to expand its network of free trade agreements into the Middle East, uh, Central and South America, as well as Africa. You mentioned Korea's participation in a nuclear power project in Egypt and arms exports to Poland and relay the interest many foreign leaders have shown in working with Korean firms in high-tech industries. Uh, Yoon also emphasized especially the need to nurture the nuclear power 
arms infrastructure and key content industries into key uh, export se- uh, sectors. Mm. So it seems to be a really diverse set of portfolio. Um, we'll have to keep tabs on whether those MOUs are follow through. Thank you very much, Adam. Let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Strategic partnership. President Yoon and his visiting Vietnamese counterpart have held talks to discuss a wide range of issues. So what came out of their meeting? Right. Well, the two leaders agreed to elevate bilateral ties to a comprehensive and strategic partnership. The two leaders uh, especially vowed to strengthen cooperation in strategy, security, industry and supply chains. And Nguyen Suan Phuc arrived in Seoul on Sunday as part of a three-day visit to South state visit to South Korea. Uh, His visit comes on the occasion of the 30th anniversary of diplomatic ties between the two countries. He is also the first foreign head of state to actually make a state visit to Korea since Yoon took office uh, on May 10th. And to realize a comprehensive and strategic partnership, Yoon said the two sides will first strengthen strategic communication and work together for regional peace and stability. In particular, He said Korea will actively support efforts to strengthen Vietnam's capability to enforce maritime laws and expand cooperation in the arms industry. Yoon also said the two countries will further increase economic cooperation, including in high-tech rare earth materials um, and infrastructure, among others. During their summit, the two countries signed three agreements and six MOUs on tariffs, uh, financial cooperation, rare, mater- uh, rare minerals, rather, uh, electricity and other economic fields. Um, the one, the standout MOU that uh, has been touted the most is the one on rare minerals. Uh, now, the leaders also agree that the two countries will make efforts to reach $100 billion in bilateral trade by next year and $150 billion by the year 2030. Uh, Yoon also vowed to assist Vietnam with Korean language education as well. There's been a lot of interest in Korean language education in Vietnam and other uh, Southeast Asian countries. He also requested the Vietnamese government's support for Korea's uh, city of Busan's bid to host the 2030 World Expo. Uh, The Vietnamese leader responded positively to that request. Uh, Meanwhile, Korean business moguls, tycoons, also joined a banquet hosted by Yoon to commemorate Hoops state visit as well. Korean businesses, of course, have a lot of um, a lot of stakes in uh, Vietnam. They've been involved in a lot of business projects uh, over there, and they're hoping to have more. Mm. With that, we move on to our final keyword of the day. Order compliance. So the government has started to check up on striking truckers subject to a return to work order to see if they have actually complied to the order itself. What's the latest? Right. So the hardline stance by the Yoon Sung Yeol government is continuing. The transport ministry began an on-site inspection actually yesterday to check whether the order was being complied with. Uh, it is subject to cement truck drivers for the moment, but it could be expanded. Uh, The ministry's inspection centers on hundreds of truckers in the cement industry. Uh, The deadline to resume working has passed following the issuance of return to work orders last Tuesday. Their licenses, however, will not likely be revoked immediately as they will have uh, time to explain their actions first. Uh, Unionized construction workers also launched a separate strike in support of the uh, truckers. Uh, meanwhile, the transport minister, Wan Yi-ryong, inspected an apartment complex site in Busan 
where construction has been suspended. Um, the cement truck driver strike uh, is, of course, causing disruptions, mainly in construction, mm. uh, disruptions rather, in construction. Uh, the minister said the government will eradicate illegal acts. He accused uh, the trucker union leadership of intentionally trying to halt operations at construction sites as more drivers complied with the return to work order over the weekend. Um, the Fair Trade Commission also reattempted its on site in, uh, investigation of the Cargo Truckers Solidarities Office in Western Seoul for alleged violations of the antitrust law. They failed in their first attempt a few days prior due to resistance by union members. Mm. Um, meanwhile, the Korean Public Service and Transport Workers Union, which includes the CTS, requested the National Human Rights Commission review the state order claiming it infringed upon the truckers' basic rights. So uh, the unions are still well opposed to the order still at the moment. The International Labour Organization, meanwhile, has also requested mm -hmm. um, the Korean government to explain its stance behind the order. So it's getting some international attention at the moment. Mm -hmm. However, the Labour Ministry downplayed the ILO move as just an opinion inquiry, not an expression um, of concern. That doesn't necessarily put the entire question of is it legitimate to force these workers to go back to work um, legitimate in the eyes of the law. That could be debated, couldn't it? Um, however, it seems the order stands and the hardline stance has only been doubled in the last few days. Certainly. I mean, uh, although the government is trying to downplay that ILO uh, what it's calling opinion inquiry, it certainly does still put pressure on the Korean government to mm. kind of, you know, explain the stance behind the order. Uh, and there's a lot of opposition from the uh, Democratic Party as well. So it's facing a lot of political pressure domestically mm. also. Uh, so we'll have to see how all this, uh, all these tensions develop going forward. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. Have a safe day. Hope you feel better. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.